Welcome to the KnoxCast, where we talk to the community about all things Knox. My name is Mitch Prentice, and today we spoke with Addison Anderson, a graduate from the class of 2023. During her time as Tri-Delta president, Addison was chosen as the recipient of the Sarah Ida Shaw Award out of over 13,000 national Tri-Delta members. She spoke with us today about her many achievements at Knox and the value of sorority life on campus. Addison Anderson, how are you doing today? I am doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing great. It's beautiful outside. It's very busy on campus. We were just talking about that. Um, We're getting towards the end of the year here at Knox. And in just over two weeks, you will be walking across that stage graduating how are you excited about that are you nervous what are you feeling that is the plan um I'm feeling good I'm feeling kind of sentimental a bit sad about leaving I'm not officially leaving I'll be in Galesburg next year still but it still is weird to think about not all my friends being here a lot of big moments happening in a very short amount of time these next couple weeks so yeah when you when you think about your four years here is there a certain time frame that feels like it went by the fastest or is it all just kind of like this big blur to you? Hmm. I think that this term has felt very, very quick. There are like days in it that go by and I'm like, that was a really long day. You know, when you have a lot of assignments, I'm like, I wish this week would go faster. But I, it's very surprising to me that we're at this point in the term, like week nine. That's kind of scary. Um, it feels like I like got back from spring break a week ago. Right. And, and when you're, when you're a senior, you kind of wait for flunk day, right? Yeah. You're like, nothing's real until flunk day passes. But and it not, happens. Exactly. It's passed by. And now it's like, oh, real life is happening now. Flunk day's passed exactly. and we're getting into the meat of it. No, it's really happening. I can't pretend there's nothing to wait for anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Except for the big day itself, which is right around the corner. So we're here today to talk about a lot of things, but I have to start, before we get into your whole Knox career and everything that you've done, um, Addison is part of, well, you were just, um, you just passed the baton onto the next president, but you were the president of Tri-Delta. And during that time, you were nominated for and won a huge national award uh, called the Sarah Ida Shaw Award. Uh, Tell me all about that and explain for everybody listening what that is and just kind of how the nomination process went for you to even be considered for it. Sure. Um, Yeah, so the Sarah Ida Shaw Award is the biggest collegiate award that Tri-Delta gives out nationally. So it's a very huge honor to be the recipient of it. And it still hasn't really sunk in for me. But the process for getting it is that every chapter um, is able to submit one person to be nominated. And so my chapter chose me, which I was very appreciative of. Um, And then I had kind of a lengthy essay process and had to get a good number of recommendations um, and send those in. And it was kind of like crickets for a while, didn't know what was going on. And then I found out that I was a finalist and I had to do an interview. And then a couple weeks later, I got a call from our fraternity president saying that I was the winner at one of our chapter meetings. And it was kind of surreal. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And for anybody who is listening to this, there's also a written profile on Addison and all these tales. If you're looking for a little bit more details on this, that, or the other thing, be sure to check that out. But when we talked for that profile, a couple uh, like stats, analytics I want to put out there because they fascinate me. It, you're in a pool of about 13,000. Is that right? Yeah, there's a, around that number of Tri-Delta members. And everybody who is a member is technically eligible for the award. And then each chapter picks. But yeah, 13,000. Yeah, that's amazing. And and you said, you know, like there was crickets and there's <laughs> this huge process. Now, you were telling me that when you found out, you had to basically wait to tell anybody until you went to Dallas and accepted this thing. Is that right? Tell me about that whole trip. Yeah, um, we found out. I found out like a month maybe in advance around there. And then at the end of the call, they were like, but you can't tell anybody. It's being announced officially at the Tri-Delta Collegiate Leadership Conference, which is always held in Dallas in the spring. And the conference is for like the incoming executive mem- like leaders of each chapter to practice leadership skills and talk with other chapters, um, but also to give out all of the chapter awards for the year. So all of my chapter knew and they also weren't allowed to say anything so it was just a little hush hush for a while and then I got to go to Dallas again I went got to go last year as a part of the conference but this time I was like a special guest and it was pretty fun I got to talk with people in Tri-Delta that I've met through other visits and through like our Tri-Delta convention so that was really cool and then I had to speak in front of everybody who was there which was a hefty number of people. I was looking at like hundreds of people in front of me and that was kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and when you're up on that stage and looking out at the, the sea of, of faces, who's coming to mind in that moment? Like, do you think of family? Are you just completely zoned out? Like what's going through your head? Yeah. Well, my dad was able to come with me, which was really cool. So I was looking at him and then also the members of my chapter they were like, we're going to get front seat. So they were as close as they could be. Um, and they were cheering pretty loud. Um, and then the front row, I think, was kind of intimidating because it was all the big names of Tri-Delta, um, which was just like, ah, I hope I don't say anything wrong. I hope I don't mess up. But it was very, very cool to be honored and really wonderful to be able to speak to so many future leaders of Tri-Delta. In terms of what it took to get this award like the qualifications right for people listening like how would you explain the qualification process for receiving this and and what it means to really be the recipient of this award for sure um the main gist of the award is that it is a collegiate member who most exemplifies Tridelta's values. Um, our main three values are truth, self-sacrifice, and friendship. So those were what the majority of the essay prompts were about, um, as well as some of our other like mottos and things. It feels, it just feels really weird to be the winner. Like, it still hasn't fully sunk in because I've been able to meet so many other people from different chapters that I've heard do such fantastic things that some every so often it's still like how me. Um, But I also do know that I have done a lot of work and am a very proud Tri-Delta member. I loved serving my chapter as president this past year, and I served in different positions the two years before that as well. And I think that I also am just, I like to be involved on campus in general, and I think some of those connections really helped me 
as a leader in Tri Delta, I was able to bring in skills that I had from being like an intercultural life peer educator, um, as well as like I'm a resident assistant. And so I have a lot of the things I do are about working with people. And so I I like it and I like to put my all into the things I do. So I think that's why they gave it to me, I guess. At least that's what I've gotten from it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you got a few qualifications there for <laughs> sure. Um, let's actually rewind then. Let's talk about when you when you came to Knox. Sure. Obviously, now looking four years past, um, you have this long sheet of accolades and, and things you've completed. Um, did you ever imagine you would be diving into so many different you know aspects of campus? And how did that kind of naturally grow as you went? Like, did you just... Com- continue to kind of pile on or was it just whatever whatever came forward yeah I think that I didn't necessarily know the magnitude I knew that I would want to do stuff I went to the first like org fair the beginning of my fall term and I signed up for way too many email lists like I I knew that I knew that was coming but I didn't really know what things would stick um and I'm surprised at some of the things that stuck I didn't think I was going to join a sorority that wasn't in the cards for me at all before I came to Knox I also I did theater all through high school and I thought that I was not going to do it anymore and now it's one of my minors like there were just a lot of opportunities that presented themselves like right place right time and I was happy that I had the ability to take advantage of them and the ability to do all of the things. Um, I wasn't limited in that, which is something I really appreciate about the Knox experience. Um, But yeah, I think that I just, I got connected to people in these groups and organizations. And then I was like, well, I can't stop now, I guess. And if I'm going to do it, I might as well be as involved as possible in all the things. Absolutely. And you're, and you're majoring in ed studies. Is that right? Yeah. I'm an elementary education major and then French and theater are my minors. Wow. Okay. So that's quite a collection there. Um, How does all of that suit up together? Uh, Education studies, theater, French, how does that all come together? Yeah. um, Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, The main thing is education. I want to be uh, like third through fifth grade teacher somewhere in there around there. I also love middle school. So who knows? But that's kind of the main priority. But French and theater, I've always loved learning languages and I came and took a French class fall term just to do my language credit and then I was like oh I think I'd be sad if I wasn't exploring languages still so I kind of kept hold of that and it's proved to be useful in a variety of ways there um, is a large Congolese population in Galesburg so having French while I'm in the schools in Galesburg has actually been really beneficial and then theater I I really did not think I was going to do theater in college I was like nope that's done bye and then one of my friends wanted to go to auditions like first week fall term and she was too nervous to go by herself so I was like fine I'll come with you and I got into a show and then the rest was kind of history Um, and I had the ability to do things like rep term which was fantastic and such a like pillar of my Knox experience that I'm really glad I made the choices I did and picked the majors and minors that I did. I've only ever heard positive experiences from rep term was that like a highlight for you oh rep term was such a highlight i think that it was a it was an interesting rep term for sure because we were still pandemic ish we were still masked for our performances um and it also there was like a last minute change of one of the shows we were doing because we started 
the term like two weeks fully online so the rehearsal schedule got all mixed up so there was a moment at the beginning there where I was like this does not seem worth it like I do not know what I'm doing but I'm so glad I stuck with it because some of my closest friends like from Knox now are people that I got close to because of rep term. So now where, where did you grow up? Um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis. So big city. Yes. Um, okay. So when you look ahead towards teaching, are you thinking of going back to a city environment or something Galesburg size or rural farm town uh, in the middle of Illinois? Or, yeah, this you know? is like my current life panic. Um, right. <laughs> Naturally. Right. Yes. It's not, it's probably something you don't know. Exactly. I think so. I will be in Galesburg next year still. I'll be finishing my student teaching in the fall. But then the rest of that year, I plan to either sub in Galesburg or whatever positions pop up that I can snag for the rest of the school year. Um, But after that, it's still kind of a mystery. I think that I'm going to have to move closer to a city again in my life. I love cities. I love being able to go to a bunch of different restaurants. And I think Minneapolis is like the perfect city for me even though I don't know if I'm going to move back home. Uh, that's complicated. Yeah, but um, yeah. because it's still like I get the nature aspects of like greenery and lakes, but it's still a city. So it's a big balance. But then there's also the part of me that's like wants to be abroad. And so I'm looking at programs teaching abroad for not next year, but like what would that be? 2025 or something? Mm, Time is confusing. That's interesting. So when you when you look at abroad opportunities for teaching, is that a different like grouping of educational standards than in America? Yes. Um, it depends on the kind of program you're looking at because some of the programs don't even necessarily require you to be like an education major. You It's just you need to have like a bachelor's degree and have interest. But I think that a lot of the programs also involve like teaching English um, around the world. And there are programs that do well at doing that and some that sometimes are a little iffy. So I've been trying to do my research, but I think that it would be a really cool opportunity to be able to go somewhere that I could utilize my French. And um, yeah, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose the French. And I'm afraid that if I don't practice it, it's just going to be this little like, this minor that I have, but doesn't mean anything. So I need to make sure it means something. That's cool to see the the puzzle pieces coming together. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> well, I'd be remiss to not um, discuss sorority life with you um, as the winner of this in, insanely prestigious <laughs> award um, and also being a former president. I, there's a, a few things that come to mind. Um, I'm curious when you were, when you were living in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the sorority life, like the size of it at Knox is maybe what you imagined coming from a city environment. When you decided to go to a small liberal arts school in Illinois mm-hmm. and you came here and, and saw, you know, the size of the sorority, you know, opportunities here. What, what did you think originally? Like what, how, how did that interaction kind of play in your mind when you first came to Knox? Yeah, I feel like I didn't have a lot of thoughts about sorority life in general before college um but then fall term i would be like scrolling on instagram and see my friends who went to these big state schools like joining sororities and fraternities and i was like that looks crazy what is going on there are so many people like how would you ever know these people and like feel connected to this whole group like that was kind of just an insane premise to me and so then i 
throughout fall term started to meet people and then every so often they'd be like oh i'm in this sorority i'm in this sorority and i was like huh that's weird that a lot of these people that I am already looking up to and respect are involved in these organizations. And so I think just the general campus involvement of so many people involved in sororities um, is really what spoke to me about Knox because I think that sometimes at larger schools, it can be harder to be involved in all of the things and Knox, you get that opportunity. And so when people want to lead, they find the opportunity to do that in a myriad of places, whether it be in a sorority or as an orientation leader or what have you. And I got to meet really cool people that I was like, maybe I should just go to recruitment. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Either way, I'm going to meet people and hopefully make some friends. And if I join a sorority, I join a sorority. Like, we'll see. And then I started the process and kind of immediately knew that I really, really liked Tri-Delta and I really aligned with the values and respected the people that were the current leaders of the chapter and just thought that I could learn a lot and grow a lot from being a part of that chapter. Yeah, it's interesting that you came in not wanting to, or maybe not not wanting, but just not knowing, not having really. a general yeah, interest. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody in my family has been in a sorority before. So it wasn't a thing that was like, are you going to do that, Addison? It was just like, Addison's doing her thing. It's interesting. So for for those who may be coming to Knox, mm-hmm. kind of on the fence about joining a sorority yeah. or just anything like that, how would you, how would you um, advise them to approach that process? Like choosing the right sorority, you know, choosing the right group of people, yeah. choosing the right opportunities. How do you, how would you, you know, now with hindsight, exactly. going into graduation? Um, I think, that well so Knox the way that our recruitment happens it's like a values-based recruitment process so um the events are supposed to be aligned with each chapter's values and things like that um and so I really do think that the values are the most important part of it obviously the people are important because you're going to be spending a lot of time with them and you want to enjoy the experience you're having but also it's not always going to be the same group like every year there's going to be changes in the makeup and so like you can't I don't think you can pick a sorority just based on a person like, oh, I'm best friends with this person. I'm going to be in that same chapter. I don't think that always works out because you really need to care about what you're doing and like the philanthropy you're working on. Like I've loved my opportunities in working with St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Like that has been fantastic. And if I wasn't like intrinsically motivated for that and it was more about my relationships with other people i don't think that i would have gotten as much out of the experience as i did so i i'm curious maybe you'll have an answer to this maybe not what is one generalization people have about sororities that you think is dead right and (laughs) one that you think is just completely off base Ooh, that is a tough one i hmm i think that there can be a lot of stereotypes surrounding sororities and I think I think that one thing that people say at Knox like pretty much every person I know in a sorority at Knox is like oh like we're not like the other sororities like this being in a sorority at Knox (laughs) is different and it sometimes becomes like kind of cliche like I feel like during the recruitment process there's so many people who are like I would have never joined a sorority but then I saw sororities at Knox and it's silly but it's true because I think that the things that are highlighted and seen as 
important in our recruitment processes are really about more of that like personality and values I keep saying that um but, but it's accurate it's right? accurate yeah. right yeah. and so I think that they it is different and it's different in a good way because if you're a person who wanted to be at a small liberal arts school you probably are not a person who wants to be in a huge chanting sorority so getting the opportunity to like experience the fun of sororities and having like fun events and formals and mixers as well as getting to do philanthropy and like leadership growth has is a win i would say but then i think that sororities in general this isn't necessarily a stereotype it's also kind of a truth is that a lot of sororities were founded in times where it was like only rich white girls joining these chapters and i think that that is like an outside stereotype that is proven untrue in a lot of ways but also it does mean that there's like a lot of internal work happening to make sure that we're like moving past some of the things that were problematic in the histories of these organizations um i think one of the most powerful things about when i received my award was that one of the people that i got to have breakfast with and speak with after um was the first black member of tridelta yeah her name is diane peterson and she is lovely it was just kind of baffling to think about the fact that like it wasn't really that long ago that she joined like in the fact that she's like still hanging out and speaking at these events you know like this history wasn't that long ago and so there's work to do and i think that nationally a lot of these organizations are working on it but i think at knox we're doing a lot of more concentrated effort there's been a lot of conversations um, between the sororities and also just like the fraternity sorority life in general regarding DEI, like diversity, equity, inclusion in our chapters, as well as like trying to make sure that people feel included. Like a lot of this, I think all actually of the sororities at Knox kind of have pushed away gendered language. And while sororities are traditionally like women's spaces, um, there are like many people at Knox who are like non-binary and who want to be a part of these organizations because I think that even though sisterhood is what is generally talked about when talking about sororities like you can have that sense of family and that sense of connectedness without it being like we're all sisters that is an interesting space I hadn't even really considered yeah um is that is that something that you feel like Knox, you, you, you mentioned it, but do you feel like Knox is a particularly strong place when it comes to kind of accepting those values and kind of going outside those norms a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I think that Knox is a space in general that a lot of people feel like they can like bring their full selves, which is really important. And I think that nothing should stop people from bringing them full, their full selves into spaces like sororities. And like, as long as you are okay with like nationals and like nationally people saying more like gendered language things, but, but knowing that your chapter and like your sorority siblings stand behind you. Um, 
I think that it can be a really powerful space for anybody. And that was an incredibly good answer to such a wide open question that <laughs> I asked. Thank you. <laughs> that was very good. Um, to close here then, obviously we opened this up talking about the fact that graduation's around the corner, mm-hmm. right? And now you have this wide expanse of perspective at this college and possibly more so than most people considering <laughs> how many extracurriculars you've been in, sorority life, being in a wide array, you know, it really is a wide array of like educational topics you decided is, on. Yes. When you're kind of looking back at these four years, and I don't know if you've even had time to do that yet, you know, you got finals coming up and everything. What are the key things, the key opportunities that you took, the key things that maybe you decided not to do, the mm-hmm. key things that you decided to study the friends you made, what would be the things that would have made those four years much different if you wouldn't have taken part in them? Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's probably at the front of my mind based on our conversation, but I really think my collegiate time would have been very different if I had not joined Tri-Delta. I think that was a decision that I didn't realize how much it would benefit me when it happened. And even honestly at the beginning of it because I joined and then immediately we got sent home and for COVID. And so I kind of didn't even realize what I'd gotten myself into. And I was like fully initiated. Like I was in it and I was just like, well, I hope that this is okay because I don't really even get this like spring term to figure out what's happening. Like when we got back to campus the next year, I was already in a position and I like felt like there was not really time that I wasn't actively a part of leading the chapter so that definitely was a big pivotal moment in my college experience um i also think that in general being a student leader has been a big part um being i've been an ra my sophomore junior and senior year so sometimes sometimes it gets tiring but i think that the opportunities that have presented themselves because I was able to make more connections with like Knox staff uh, were really big moments in my college career as well. And then I feel like the last one is probably just like the friends. I mean, obviously all the people are what really make the experience. And I have I've had the pleasure of making friends in a lot of different areas, whether it's my like theater friends or my sorority friends or just the ones that like I happened to meet at our like orientation dinner with our um, advisors. They just both were education majors as well. And we happened to be at dinner together like the first week and they're like some of my closest friends. And I just think that, when you see somebody who like brings out the positivity in you like keep them around it it normally works out pretty well and i'm glad that i've had all those people by my side these past four years that's incredible and and congratulations on the award congratulations on making it to almost the end of the road your graduation (laughs) and then a little bit more afterwards but got a uh, exciting career ahead and uh thank you so much for uh coming and chatting with us today thank you for having me i appreciate it Well, there you have it. Addison has done a lot for Knox and has an amazing career ahead. Knox is proud of her achievements and can't wait to see where she goes next. That's all for this episode of the KnoxCast. If you have any feedback on today's episode or any episode, or just have a great idea for a future guest, email us at knoxcast at knox.edu. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>